Racing. It's green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Yes, welcome along. Green Light On Premier Racing podcasting time once again. Big episode, episode number 68. We're going to sink our teeth into. We're going to kick off with run of the week in just a moment. I've got a, a pretty good best bet for Thursday night at Sandown Park. We're going to play the quiz. We're going to chat all in markets. And we're also going to catch up with Adhana Rico's trainer, Ibrahim Kudakama. So looking forward to a big 15 minutes or so. And to kick it off, I've got Jason Adams on deck. How are you, Jason? I'm sure you're feeling good about the Swannies winning last week. Mate, well done. Yeah, hello, Jim. Feeling good. Commiserations to, to your mob, of course. But tell you what, big challenge coming up this Saturday. But I'll be there with uh, bells and whistles and, and looking forward to that. And as well, with one eye on the, the million-dollar chase at Wentworth Park on Saturday night. So right, following that, a lot of the attention turns towards Victoria, which we're all uh, very much looking forward to. It's a very exciting time, mate. And just on the uh, the Swannies, as you said, uh, down my boys, the Magpies, I was pretty impressed with the Pies, even though in defeat. But uh, going in against the Cats, just quickly off the top, confidence levels out of 10? Uh, no expectations. Wouldn't say confident either, but definitely a hope. Winning chance, it's mm. probably a way to put it. They've got the young guns, so we'll see what happens there. Run of the week. Well, it's an interesting run of the week this time, Jace. I normally have one runner, but this time I've got two. They're both trained by the same kennel, uh, Team Drew. I speak of Aston Calcara, who I thought that was as good a Metro debut in defeat as you'll see last week. And the other is a greyhound that we chatted about with Dustin Drew on the podcast last week, Untapped. And he gave a really, really good push that this greyhound's going uh, as well as ever. Um, I know she didn't win, but have a listen to the race. It was won by Dookie Devil in the end. I thought the run of Untap was eye-catchingly impressive oh, on resumption. They're racing. Dookie Devil began well. Speed out. Yadida Bale. Midday Snooze was back on the rail. Yadida Bale led. Dookie Devil's up on the outside. Goes a little bit deeper. Gets a close second. Third Venus slide on the inside. Aston Samba. And then Nathan Ryder. Untaps about six or seven off the front from Midday Snooze. And last of all was Peachy's Girl. Down the back and Dookie Devil race to the lead and gets a way off the back. Three in front of Yadida Bale. Railing Aston Samba. Running on was Venus Light and Untaps running on as well. But Dookie's away. Dookie Devil's out by five lengths. And Dookie Devil wins it. Over Yadida Bale and third in was Aston Samba ahead of Untapped. A good run first up fourth. Followed up by Venus Light. You heard it there, Jace. A good run first up fourth with the, uh, the words from Daniel Hibbert. And uh, her run home, I clocked at about 10.70. Now, to put that in perspective, I think she's going a couple of lengths better in the run home than when she led up to the Sandown Cup, which she eventually went on to win. What did you make of the run first up? Well, she was good. I guess the only uncharacteristic part about her performance was she didn't really time the start. She was one of the last to begin. So uh, we know typically she can turn that around pretty quickly and, and start to settle in a real commanding spot on the pace. But you're right, that run home is what you, you wanted to see from her because earlier in the year was sort of she's a speedy 700 meter type and i think as she's getting older her career's going on she seems to be getting much stronger as well so she recaptures that pace early on then she's probably going to be a better stayer than, than mm. what she has been in recent months go back have a listen to ep 66 if you hadn't the chat with dustin drew and you'll see why i'm so keen about uh, the way untapped is going uh, gave a really really big push for her now i want to chat all in markets before we get into thursday night's racing mate grv and sandown have teamed up with sports bet now so we can jump on their website have a look at all the future 
futures. And the reason I'm doing that, the Stayers top gun over the 7.30 on the 5th of November. I want to start there with you, Jace. I thought the price of Untapped was extraordinary, $18. You would imagine, based on the fact she's won the Sandown Cup, she's a big, big starter in the uh, in the Top Gun stage. You think she'd be a big chance to get a run. And at $18, surely she's value. Super Australia's flying at the moment. Kalinda Patty and, and Kalinda Lady have injury clouds on them, so I'm not sure they'll take their part. So I just thought the way the way the race is shaping up, Jarek Bale's a $10 chance, Rowan Bale's $10, uh, Stout Manelli, who I don't think is a genuine 700 dog, is $18. I, I thought the each way of $18 on untapped was just extraordinary money. It's value, I think, for sure. When you, you weigh up, um, who's likely to gain a start? She'll be a walk-up starter. Um, and those ahead of her aren't. I mean, there's clouds over a lot of those. With mm. Many are staying races recently. It's It's been mixed results, and the actual top liners haven't really been consistent for um, as a group collectively, but the likes of Untaps have, have been good at times. And, of course, the elephant in the room is Super Australia. She's just dead set flying at the moment. So the price is she, $4.40. Mm. So uh, given the way she's going, that's probably a good price too. Well, I thought the double. Uh, the bold trees into uh, the Stayers Top Gun because my theory is if the Stayers Top Gun's ran and won and, and Untapped does happen to win that, well, then you'd be probably jumping on Untapped to win the bold trees anyway. They're $18 the pair. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what that multi would end up being. Probably about 360 to 1 if she was to do the Group 1 double. But, uh, look, I don't think that's far-fetched to happen. And even if you're with Super Estrella, she's probably a walk-up start in the Top Gun now with her form, and, and then she'll remain in Melbourne, you'd say, for the Bold Trees. So I think with those races so close together, Jace, you're getting 650 in the Bold Trees, Super Estrella, into 440 in the, the Stayers Top Gun. I think if you were to do the double with a greyhound like her and a double with, uh, with potentially one like I'm saying it with Untapped, I think there's value to be had there. It's probably a good way to think because how often do we see stayers go through a purple patch and yep. given the depth of, of those around, they can really clean up a few re- uh, feature races in succession. So it's probably not a, a bad uh, plan of attack of, of those that we're looking at in the market. But, I mean, in the meantime, we, we're going to see some, some uh, stayers come through. The likes of uh, Dookie Devil has been pretty good over the past couple of weeks. But, yeah, for the for the proven types, I think those two that we've mentioned are uh, the ones in the market that certainly demand attention. The other to keep a note on, I think, is Big Opal Rocks. We see him over the 600 metres uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night at Sandown. If he is to blow them away in a 600-metre race against Dookie Devil, the $18 that's currently on offer for him to win these feature races is no doubt going to shorten as well, Jace. Yeah, if he starts to string himself together, I mean, there's been times where he's, he's threatened for a while and then uh, for whatever reason hasn't sort of gone on in succession with those real freak-like performances. But who knows, one like him can get over 700 metres, confidence goes up, they find the, the, the front half of the field a bit more easier and, and who knows what's capable. Because on ability, he's clearly one of the best in the country. Okay, Jay, so let's swing our attention now to the big one, the Sports Bet Melbourne Cup, 26th of November. I just wanted to have a quick run through the, the top runners, top chances there in the all-in betting. Wow, she's fast, $5. She's a pearl, $8. Amron Boys, 11 Extreme Force is 11 Paddy Wants Pats at 12 Is there one that stands out there for you? I know uh, there's a the real push around Panama Canal on the sprints at the moment. He's $18 and Plantiff as well, who uh, was pretty good in Sydney in a... Uh, a run before the Million Dollar Chase final when placed. H- how do you see that Melbourne Cup? And if you're forced to pick one now, is it the star where she's fast? Well, she's a leading contender. I think $5 is is probably trim. You, you couldn't go near. She's a pearl at the moment until she bounces back to some of her finest work. I don't mind $16 for plaintiff. I think he's a type that fits that sort of profile of high speed, um, 
500 metres, he, he will be getting that and he will be running good time as he has in the early part of the year, but he's only going to get better. So I think he's won. Another one down the page we haven't spoken about is Rejuvenate. I mean, mm. there's a question mark about his city form, but what he's done so far, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to say he's not going to come to the city and, and absolutely cut loose and continue what he was doing at the moment. So watch this space with him. But I think from what we've got in front of us at the moment, Plaintiff will be the one for me. Thursday's preview. Well, let's look a little bit closer now, racing Jason Adams to Thursday night, finding some winners to build the bank so we can then have a play at the all-in markets. Uh, race number one at Sandown Thursday night, 20 past six. And I'm pretty keen on the even money favourite here, Aston Calcara. As I said a moment ago, she was, uh, or he was at least, equal run of the week for mine last last week. I thought the run was enormous, as good a Metro debut as you're going to see without much luck. So I'm pretty keen. He's going to need a bit of luck again from box four, but if he gets it, he's powerful, and I think he'll win race one number four. Yeah, I'll be with number seven here, Cruise Mode. She's gone 5.08 to the first market a couple of runs ago and rent some pretty handy time in a field here that's not uh, full of high-pressure speeds. So I was happy to be with her. Now, I'm not sure if you can hear that, Jace. That's uh, me banging on the mouse for the computer. It's just not happening today. It's uh, For those who are sitting at home thinking, uh, this podcast, how how can we help out the uh, the host, James Vandermark? Well, I've got something for you. If you have a mouse that just, for some reason, keeps on right-clicking, not left-clicking, so it brings up the, the options and not the button that you need, what do you need to do to fix it? Because obviously I've put something on there and, and it's just not working for me, Jace. Race two, mate, 6.38. Who wins this one? Uh, I thought it was a hard one at Hanariko. We're going to have a chat to Ibrahim Karma very, very soon, the trainer of the red. I'm probably leaning to him, but I think it's a very even field. Yeah, great character, Kuda. Really keen to hear from him. I went with number six, Cheeky Wink. She's got good pace. And, I mean, this is a, a rising class from mixed grade to uh, an open grade five. So it's a test, but I think pace can, can overcome that. So number six for me. A promising stayer potentially on the rise. Race three, number two, Raver's Army, just hitting the line really, really strongly. The the run home sections over 595 give the indication that the 700 is only going to suit, and we saw that with a good performance at sale a couple of days ago. I'm with him on the each way, race three, number two, but you just love to see them do it once over the 700 before you know they're a genuine stayer. Totally agree. I think from what we've seen over 600 metres, even in some pretty good fields that he's been in, you've, you've watched the running, you didn't know which greyhound he was. You just saw one dog making a lot of ground mid-races, thinking, who is this? It's been Ray Bazami. So 700 metres, he's been... Destined for, and, and hopefully wearing those black and white stripes, Jim, can, can pick up a win uh, after some disappointment last Saturday night. <laughs> you just keep rubbing it in, don't you, Jay? So race four, mate, this is a tough one. I definitely won't be going with the red just based on what you said a moment ago about Collingwood. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know who to tip in this race, I'll be honest. I might even leave it alone, race number four, the, the Vic Bread Series final. It's a quality field, even field. Box draw makes it even harder, so oh, I've got no idea how to go here. Well, I went a quick smart. I just think he's probably the fastest dog in the race. So, yeah, in the same sort of camp as you are, it's, it's difficult. A lot of the, the pace is quite even, but he was the one I settled on. It's a Bluetooth mouse, what I have, and I've worked out the problem, Jace. I just needed to turn it off and turn it back on. That uh, normally resets oh, the anything. the oldest and... trick in the book <laughs> and the most successful, I think, as well. I know, and the simplest trick in the book as well. So there's no need to uh, to message in to fix up my mouse. It's working beautifully now. Race five, I'm with number three, Udita Bale. I think if she can just reproduce what she did last week, it's going to put her in good stead. Uh, looks the leader on paper, and I think that's the key to race number five. Yeah, like the run last week, you just beaten by a better dog in, in Dookie Devil, but I think she can 
uh, perform in a, a very similar way this week. So you did a bail for me as well. Race six, uh, Dookie Devil. Well, we, we both love this Greyhound, Jace, but uh, we both jumped off uh, last week. You jumped off pretty early. I jumped off almost when the green light was on and I heard uh, just how well untapped was going from Dustin Drew. But drawn the red, I think the biggest danger to Dookie Devil this week is the Greyhound drawn to his immediate outside, Big Opal Rocks. He is a Learjet. He looks like a, a dead set stayer in the making. So I'm going to lean to Big Opal Rocks, but... I think Dookie Devil's going to give him something to chase, especially if the red can go through and lead early, which he looks like he will from the inside draw. How do you see the sixth? Well, I think if Dookie Devil was to get in front of Big Opal Rocks, I really don't think he'd be able to run him down. Mm. So I'd tell you what, didn't Glenn Dayton let me know about it last week when he <laughs> was made aware that I jumped off the bandwagon? But I'm back on. Hopefully uh, he can jump in a very similar way to last week, and that's going to be a great battle. I'd love to see those two go punch for punch. That'd be a, a Great spectacle. Well, maybe the, the key for Glenn is you jumping off ship because you did, and I reckon it was his career it's best performance. It's a great point you make. <laughs> yes. Great point you make. Race seven, speaking of uh, promising dogs, Commander Tommy, my mouse has just done exactly what it did a moment ago, so I didn't fix it, Jace. Uh, race seven, on with number seven, Commander Tommy. I, I just think he's drawn beautifully, loves to use a bit of the track early. It's a tough assignment, but he is a very, very promising youngster. Yeah, I tried to find something to beat him. I just I just couldn't. You think he's well drawn out there. Um there's no pace on his immediate inside with Keane, so there should be room for him to get going. And based on that Meadows run, he's quick enough to win this, so I went with him as well. Race number eight. Thought this was a, a tricky mix three and four event. Uh, Rickard and Rick, I'm tipping number two. I, I just like him drawn close to the inside, which he is here. The concern is my Neo in five. He'll come out looking hard for the rail. If he does that, he might really bring the outside brigade across. But I'm each way with number two, Rickett and Rick. But just take note, Kaheem Bale, he's uh, won 20 races. What a what a star he's been out in box number eight. Indeed. Um, I went with number one, Webleck Flair. And we've seen a couple of times when they have stints over 600 metres and have success, it can produce a, a fair bit of confidence. So I'm hoping him dropping back to the 500 can carry that into this and the draws certainly not a bad one so number one for me race nine i've gone value with earthworm jim here i think the red will miss the kick enough to let the two and three come over um if the three goes to the rail which he did last week in a very big runners up performance i think earthworm jim could land just about in the lead he'll have the pressure of the five early but if he can hold the rail i think he's a big chance and just no luck at all last week so last time he raced so i'm with uh, number four earthworm jim at the value I wasn't super keen on the race, Jim, but Tom with him as well. The, the oh. namesake for you too, Earthworm James, let's call him. He's a tardy beginner, but his turn of foot's pretty sharp. So I think uh, that can carry him a fair way if he gets that clear room that he needs. All right, let's get the Earthworm home. What about race 10, the green light on podcast, grade five? Whitley Bale's a promising type. Probably didn't begin as well as this Greyhound can last week, but the form prior was enormous. So I'm going to stick with number two to win the green light on podcast. Best bet of the night for me, number two, Whitley Bale. Doesn't seem to be a lot of competition early in terms of uh, the runs of the first split. So I think she gets room. I think she win the race. So race 10, number two, best bet of the night. If you're going to watch any races on Thursday night, start at 9.22, spend 21 minutes on the Watchdog app and you'll see myself and Jason's best bet of the night both win. That's the plan anyway. I'm with race 11, number one. Best bet of the night for me, he's Spartan legend. I think just no luck last week. Went up with the leads, did it all wrong, accelerated quickly. Uh, this time from box number one, if, if he can be 
begin on terms. Instead of trying to work into the race, he'll be working away from the field. And I think based on that, he gets the job done. Race 11, number one, my best bet of the program. Race 12 is the last. I haven't got your tip in race 11, Jace. I'm that confident you'll be with me. I was going to say, put the brakes on, please. <laughs> uh, number like? one, also Spartan Legends. Yeah, good. Uh, look, personally, I probably wouldn't go as hard as best from, from my point of view, just given he went up the leads and there's a, there's a bit of... Um, his X factor about doing something like that, but it can clearly run. So I'm with him as well. All right, I knew you'd be on, on board, mate. Uh, race 12, I'm with Zohar Bale here. was a huge performance last week, and this is a very, very winnable uh, fifth grade in town. So one of my better bets as well to round out race 12, number two, Jace, the last. With the white, number three, Lady Dior. I thought she might be able to get ahead of Zohar Bale, and if uh, she did, then it's going to be a big effort to get her. So I'll be with Lady Dior on the last. Hunters Punting Club. Hunters Punting Club. We are going to get a tally happening soon because Jason Adams still spearing along in the lead. Uh, how do you see the Punters Punting Club this week, mate? Obviously, you'll be playing your best bet in some shape and form. I speak of Whitley Bale. We'll make it clear cut. Race 10, number two, Whitley Bale will have the whole lot on. I think we got a win last week. I was yeah. trying to think before who it was. I Still you'd, can't think of it now, but anyway, race 10, number two, Whitley Bale for me. How do you see Yeah, it? you've been in good form, Jay, so I'm not going to give away too much, mate, but you are still leading. Race 11, uh, I'm with number one, Spartan Legend. Probably not as confident as you, but uh, I'm also building the bank with a few nice wins lately. So uh, race 11, $25 each way on Spartan Legend. Green light on, Remy Racing, quiz time. And just before we let the great man race and Jason Adams get back to work, uh, real work I like to call it, uh, we've got a green light on Premier Racing Quiz for episode number 68. It's a three-question quiz based on racing from this Thursday night at Sandown Park. And I might have given a little bit away as we went through that preview as well. We'll start with question number one. I, I didn't give this away at all, but uh, race number eight on the program, which greyhound has the most prize money to their name? I'll well, go through the runners if you need. Webley I'm not Claire, sure I can do this. Rickett yeah. and Rick, people get ready. Keep it blue, my Neo. Bang. Uh, Triumph, Kaheem Bale. And the reserves and no reserve, no reserve. So I'd be surprised if you went with one of them, Jace. I was just about to flick through the form guide and, and see the field just so I've got the names in front of me. But, of course, all the prize money figures are on there. But I didn't see it. I'll go with Rickett and Rick. Yeah, correct, mate. One from one, $146,000 in the bank, and he's won 16 races out of 78 starts. So he's the leader when it comes to prize money in race number eight. You're one from one. So nice start. Greyhounds in uh, this program, which of them has the most career wins? Is it A, Kaheem Bale, B, My Neo, C, Graceland Bale, or the smoky is D, Rebel May Road? Graceland Bale. Incorrect. And I did give mention mm. earlier to Kaheem Bale having oh, 20 career so. wins. So one out of Helps two. Helps listen, bet. doesn't it? It does pay to listen, mate. Uh, race number, race number, question number three. Uh, Rebel May Road. I don't know why I'm sticking to Rebel May Road everywhere. Um, he's had 14 career wins, so he wasn't near as good as Kaheem Bale, but he's been a nice dog nonetheless. How many of his 14 career wins have come from box number one, which he'll jump from in race number 12? Five? Very close. Four. Mm. Meatloaf never said one out of three ain't bad, did he, Jace? No, he didn't. Farewell, mate. No. Good luck. We'll get you next time. All right. <laughs> Cheers, Jim. Enjoy, mate. See Go you, to the Swannies. Inside Info. 
Inside info ahead of race two at Sandown Park tomorrow night at Hanariko, drawn box number one. And I speak of his trainer, Ibrahim Karma, also known as Kuda, who's been good enough to come on the podcast. He's a huge fan. Kuda, how are you, mate? Good, Jimmy. Good, mate. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. A absolute pleasure. You must be pretty pumped, though. Uh, box number one at Sandown, but even better, you're on the uh, the number one greyhound racing podcast in the world. So congratulations. Oh, oh mate. To be honest with you, that's all that matters. Um, <laughs> like I said, dear mate, I, I love the podcast. I listen every time it comes up. Um, I've got it saved and downloaded. So every time you get a new podcast, I get a notification of bang, mate, whatever I'm doing, stop it, straight on, play, and off we go. Mate, you're a good man. You're giving us a good plug, and we appreciate that. But uh, before we chat at Hana Rico, um, your involvement in racing, mate, how, how did you get involved, and, and when and where did it all begin? Oh, mate, probably oh, seven, seven, seven years ago. Um, I actually got my first dog as a giveaway, and then um, – and then I gave it to this bloke and he said, look, he goes, he's not much good. We'll just put him into Gap. And I said, all right, no worries. And six months later, he gave me a call. He said, look, he goes, there's a dog for sale. There's a little bit of ability. Um, it's got a little bit of ability. He goes, do you want to give it a crack? I said, yeah. I said, ring the bloke. I said, we'll buy it. I think I bought it for 600 bucks. Um, dog's name was Galloping Jamie. Yeah. And um, he had four starts and he ran last, last, second, last. And anyways, um, yeah, all he needed was just a bit of a cleanup, bit of confidence and he ended up going 26-10 at Warrigal and then ran – and then Kate Gorman got him for me and he ran um, 30-17 and 17 at the Meadows. And then, yeah, mate, I just started just buying some pups and just cheap pups and I had a real good pup called Judah Burn that my best mate trained for me and he won eight in a row and went half a length off the track record at Cranbourne. and I bought him for 750 bucks as a pup. Um, and ever since then it's just been, you know, it's just been an addiction and a bug. And, and more recently, mate, you've, you've got into the training side of things. Can you explain the feeling of, of boxing a greyhound and, and the amount of work that goes into to getting them to the races? Oh, mate, look, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Before I started training when I was just an owner, I just thought, oh, yeah, just get a dog, feed it, meat and kibble and off you go. Mate, it's a lot, lot, lot more. Um, yeah, it's a lot harder than that, Jimmy. There's uh, like you got to plan the dogs. Um, you know, you got to come up with a routine for the dog. And some dogs like being galloped every day. Some dogs don't like being galloped every day. Um, you know, like sometimes you feed a dog a bitch's diet because they they put on a bit more weight, and you got to get the dogs checked regularly, make sure that they're healthy and sound. You have to feed them well. You know, you can't really cheap out on the meat or the kibble. Um, you know, you just you you have to. It's, it's more about observation. You know, a lot of people get excited and say, nah, stuff, I'll just put the dog in. You can't, you can't do that. You need to actually pay attention to the dog, see what tracks it suits. Um, you know, like you might have a dog that can run 400 metres, but it, it might only be a weak 400 metre dog. So if it runs out to 385 at Shepparton, you think, oh, yeah, I'll go to Horsham over the 410 and the Horsham's are longer straight. So they're pretty much a sitting duck out in front. And, mm-hmm. you know, just, just little things like that, mate. Um, you know, like you know yourself, you've had a few winners and you understand. Like straight racing, for example, um, mate, there's some dogs that can go 29.80 at the Meadows and then can't break, you know, 1970 at Hillsville up the straight. Um, it's just completely different. So it's more observation, just understanding your dog. And um, look, all you got to do is just make sure that they're fit, happy and sound. And um, if they've got the ability, they'll do the rest. Yeah, they call it horses for courses, I think. But uh, at Hana Rico, one who is fit and sound and going very well at the moment, you've got in the cherry drawer at uh, Sandown, mate. Back-to-back cherries as well, I, I notice. Uh, ran a good fourth last week behind Good Chat Wispy. He's a pretty promising youngster, this boy, and, and you must be fairly confident going in, Cooter. But 
I will say it's a strong field. So he's only won four races. He's up against some dogs who have won a few more than him and, and might have a bit more experience. But he doesn't know who he's against, does he? No, nah, that's exactly right, Jimmy. Like, um, look, early day, look, he's a Fernando Bale, and knowing Fernando Bales, they, they do take a little bit of time to sort of mature. Um, he's 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 a very relaxed, chilled out dog. So, I'm not worried about you know him being in the kennels for too long like he was last week in race eleven. He honestly, he's very he's got like no emotion at all. He's he's actually just the most placid. Oh, okay, cool. It's time for a toilet. Okay, let's go out. So. He um look he drew the red last week. Um, I had him for three weeks. Like I've I've owned him for a while, but I just recently took took him over to train. I had him for three weeks, and I thought, look, I won't do anything for with him for a week because it's a different change of diet, different kennel, different routine. I'll just let him settle in, find his own footing, and see what he does. Um, and then I took him to Sandown and trolled him post to post, and he absolutely smashed the clock, and I nearly fell over. I thought, oh, they've, they've clocked the lure. Um, <laughs> And then I thought, all right. I said I'll, I'll give him a long box to box the week after, and he went. He went okay. I trolled him on the Saturday morning, but the track was an absolute bog, so you couldn't really get a proper indication. Um, but I think last week, James, he might have been that one run underdone because he hadn't had a five hundred for three weeks, and I kept him one week, literally just doing nothing, just empty yards back in the kennel, and then. Um, a post-to-post, which is, you know, 400-odd metres, and then a long box-to-box, which, you know, is, is, a, is much shorter than that. So um, he might have been a little bit underdone, but he had that 500 on Thursday. He still ran decent, respectable time, which was 29.68. Um, the only thing to his disadvantage is he doesn't have a lot of pace. He might come out with them, but he's always third or fourth or fifth at the peg, sometimes even last. Um, he just doesn't have the pace to go up against those real good, quick 500-meter dogs. But um, we will see the best of the best of him when he does step up over 600 because um, he's got a good turn of foot mid-race and he's very, very strong. He does uh, seem to be, doesn't he? He hits the line very, very hard. Oh, he does, yeah, definitely. But look, being so, being so young, I mean, he only just turned two years old and he's breed um, that line out of the... Well, he's the next litter to hardstyle Rico and being out of Fernando, they, they tend to... They tend to mature a little bit later on, um, you know, in life. So he's only just two. But like I said, um, we'll see how he goes tomorrow and then uh, we'll target the Great Chase Series at the Meadows. Um, he's trialled he's trialed 29.80 Meadows and 24.70s post to post. So um, he does have a motor and he's got some good ability. But, um, you know, yourself, like he's not going to be a genuine, genuine, you know, that group style 500 dog because he can't. He can't go low fives and 1760s down the back at the Meadows. Um, but over 600, which, you know, they're a little bit slower out, so he um, he should be able to begin a bit better against um, that distance class of dog, and he is very strong. So, um, yeah, over the 600 is when we'll, uh, we'll see his best racing. I reckon you'll be keeping a pretty close eye on uh, race number three. His little brother, Raver's Army, goes around that he's staying debut over the 7.15. Full brother to your boy, Fernando Balbalarico, um, looks almost a carbon copy of the way your fella goes at Hanarico, very strong at the end. Does that give you confidence if you see him run out a strong 700 in the following race that there's a big, big chance your boy will develop into a nice stayer down the track? Oh, 100%, mate, 100%. Like, I, I um, well, when we got the dog, the like, honestly, the the initial um, the initial thing was all right. He's he, he's going to run a minimum six hundred. Um, and like, I I get along good with Lucky as well. We 
we talk regularly and um, even Lucky said as well, he goes, look, he goes, Adana Rico and which his name's Togo and Raver's Army. He goes, there's not much between them. They're, they're pretty much similar. Um, Raver's Army is just a little bit more mature and a little bit more progressed in experience of racing and ability-wise at the moment. But, um, yeah, Adana Rico's that. He, he, he's got that 650-metre dog written all over him. Whether whether he'll get that 700 strong, um, I'm not too sure. But, look, I'm very, very confident that he'll um, he'll do his best racing over 600, 650. But, look, being so young, in the next three, four months, we don't know what the future holds. But as long as he um, holds up and, you know, he's he's healthy and happy and sound, um, then we will eventually, you know, look, look to um, step him up over that 650 at sale and, 660s at Ballarat or Bendigo, um, those sort of distances. But, yeah, look, um, the future looks bright for him so far. He's still got a long way to go, but um, he, he's showing that ability early days to um, indicate that, yep, he, he's going to develop into a nice um, 6, 650 sort of dog. I couldn't agree anymore, mate. I think the future's definitely bright with Adhana Rico. And just before I let you go, um, how would you rate his chances if I was to put the pressure on you? Out of 10, where, where do you rate his chances of winning tomorrow night? Okay. Um, well, look, I, I I tried something a bit different with him. I gave him a uh, drag lure up at Lang Lang on Sunday, sort of knocked the edge off him a bit. So um, he will strip a lot fitter for the run. Um, he did come out a bit better last week. Uh, look, I, I, the way I read the race, um, the three and the seven um, are most likely going to be out in front out of the first turn. Um, the advantage I've got is if he can hold his position on the rail and he's only two to three off them down the back, um, they're not very strong dogs. Um, well, the seven's not very strong at all, but it it had it does run blistering sections over the 440 at sale and whatnot. Um, but look, if he's if he can hold his position on the rail and not switch off heels and be forced to go around him like last week, um, and he's two or three lengths off him down the back, then. Um, Look, with a clear run, that's if he doesn't get checked or anything, then, um, look, I'm, I'm pretty confident he should, if, if the track is decent, he should be going his 29.4s and um, getting the chocolates. But, look, like I said, that's Greyhound Racing, mate. I've seen dollar five Pops get beat. Um, it happens, but, look, um, I'm, I'm pretty confident with his chances tomorrow night. Well, good luck, mate. We'll be cheering for you with Adhana Rico. And uh, as I let you go, uh, we've just about finished this podcast, so I was going to throw it to you to wrap up the podcast. So all you have to say is that wraps up the podcast, blah, blah, blah. Until next time, safe travelling, happy punting. Don't forget the Meadows episode. You, you able to wrap it up for me, Cooter? No worries, mate. Here we go. Hit it. No worries. All right, guys, you're on the best podcast there is. Green light. And make sure you tune in for the Meadows preview on Saturday. With James Vandermart, you don't want to miss it. Safe punting, safe travels, good racing. You're the man, Cooter. Good luck. Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> Have a good one.